you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of us coming together. We continue to move forward. It's a Wednesday. You know what Wednesday is? Wednesday is Bible Day. So <laughs> make sure you dig out that Bible. And uh, uh, so I, I got to be up front with you guys. I don't like saying this, and it's starting to hurt my heart to say this, uh, but Kevin is at 25% for the week of answering questions as we come into this Wednesday. So if you do the math, we gave him half credit on Monday, but that was kind of flaky. I got to be, I got to be up front with you. And what well, we did give him a half. And then he missed yesterday. He knew it. He was saying on the road too. he, he, he kept getting closer and closer and uh, he, he was, he was all over the place. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for him, but I'm glad he's in a failing position, but I, <laughs> I want you to know, cause I think it'll bring you, humility mm. uh, and but this humiliation one, uh, humiliation this <laughs> is this is a real easy one folks i think he's going to turn everything around right now and so the bi- biblical question of the day see if you guys get this and so what did jacob cha- what did the lord change jacob's name to israel Israel. Now, folks, if you do the math, all right, half credit on Monday. And uh, so, you know, he, he had a 50% on Monday, had a 0% on Tuesday and 100% today. So if you do, right, so if you do 150 divided by three, he's halfway there, man. He's climbing back. He's coming out, man. I, I'm thinking by the end of the week, he's at 75. Or I'm looking at these questions. He's, you know, he's got one. He's at 80 at the end of the week. All right. Let me just, at 90, because we, I, no, that's impossible. He can only be at 70, right? Yeah, see my math. You know, folks, my son's a math teacher. I am not. I got to be honest with you. And when Debbie was pregnant with Doug, uh, I had to take my very last college algebra class. It was a lot. I had taken one and, and I had avoided that second one. And Debbie's like, hey, baby, I, I got to take it too. Let's take it together. And I believe that sitting there inside that belly and hearing all those math questions and equations and all, all the craziness. And I, I want you to know, I got an A. There was no way Debbie was going to get a higher grade in that class than me. I was studying 42 hours a day, if that's possible. Mm. And uh, definitely studying in every lunch break, probably a couple hours a day. So we're talking about the word today being an example. And, and I'll tell you, folks, we started the week on Monday talking about acceptance. We we talked yesterday about service, and then the word for today is being an example. And as Christians, it doesn't matter what we've been through, where we've been. It doesn't, PTSD doesn't matter. Life doesn't matter. We're mad at our dad or our aunt or our sister or our brother or three uncles ago or a school teacher or a principal. Let it go. It's time. You know God. Mm-hmm. You get to serve God. And let me tell you, that's big, folks. There's people meeting in the middle of uh, deserts and in the middle of China and basements and stuff just to be able to serve God. And we get to freely uh, listen to this broadcast. I want you to know that we have about 200 people that listen to us in China. And I, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. But they would do anything, folks. They would do anything to have the freedoms we have to be able to be an example. And they're an example to me. Folks, You though, those of you folks who are listening on 
and the down low and changing IP addresses and all kinds of things. Thank you. We love you. We're praying for you. You're an example to us. And, and, and we find ourselves, I find this verse for being an example, 1 Timothy 4.12, and it says, let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of believers in word, in conversation, in charity, which means love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. I could read five other verses, but I think that one covers it all. Don't despise where you're at right now in life. I don't care whether you're youth, middle age, old. Stop it. Stop despising where you're at right now and look at what God can do for us. Say, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Remember that old song, Kevin? Mm -hmm. This is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. That's all you get, folks. I'm not going to hurt you. I will (laughs) rejoice. Maybe one more. And be glad in it. So, Kevin, we, we look at this, and God's pretty clear. He's saying, be an example to other believers in word and conversation in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He said, be that. Mm. You know, just thinking about trauma, the the, the audience that, that's out there that might be suffering, you don't know the value of your example right now because in this example of, in, in fact, it says in in First Thessalonians, which was a suffering church, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. And then in Second Corinthians, a suffering church, it talks about the example <clears throat> that the Macedonians were of um, of giving and so on and so forth. And uh, actually, it might have been Philippi that he was referring to. But but anyway, the, up in Macedonia, and he's talking to the Corinthians and challenging them, ba- basically saying these guys in their deepest trauma are being an example by giving despite the, the difficulty. And I think that we should really focus a little bit on the fact that my testimony can be exponentially more effective if I'm going through suffering because people are paying attention to you during suffering that would never pay attention to you. And if you are faithful to the Lord in your service to him and you're faithful and you're not just running off making stupid decisions, which you should never do when you're in a time of darkness, make decisions. You should, your decision makers broken. Just let it go. I went through some deep, dark waters, and I'm thankful that it didn't change. I mean, I almost did change gears, you know, quit the ministry or whatever. But the Lord allowed um, those decisions not to be made, not to go through. And people watch the the trauma that I've been through and the trauma that you go through, the trauma, Doug, that you've been through some stuff, and people watch and say, wow, he is still doing, she is still doing what they're, what they're supposed to do, and it disarms all the excuses that they are tempted to use. And a um, good example, Paul in the book of Philippians said that when he went through his hardship, it says, many of the brethren of the Lord are, are, are waxing confident by my bonds. They're saying, wow, if Paul can't be stopped by being in prison, basically getting ready to die, I don't think I should let my little sickness or my cancer or my loss of my mother, you know, throw me off the the beaten path. I want to go ahead and serve God despite, I want to be an example despite the trauma. Wow, that's good. And, uh, you know, I'm taken away by the book of Philippians where where Paul's just saying how we should live to, uh, you know, to live, to, to die as Christ, to live as gain, right? No, to live mm-hmm. as Christ, to die as gain. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think about all these things that the apostle Paul said in the, in, you know, he called the bowels, right? In a really bad place in the kingdom there in the palace. He's as bad as it gets in the basement. And, uh, and, and you know, I think so many of us, 
we're situational again. I don't want to beat this up, but our, our Christianity becomes somewhat situational. And, you know, we put ourselves, and, and, I, and again, when I use the word we, I could say I put myself. I've been there, folks. Brethren, I, if I sound like I'm preaching to you, I'm really not. That's not what this is about. This is about studying God's word. If we wanted to preach, we could just preach, but, and, and that'd be all right. We'd probably have more listeners, you know, but, but this is what I think. I think uh, in my life, and, 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 you know, we're talking about being an example here. I'm thinking in my life about the strongest, most godly times or things that God used me to do came in the times of my greatest bitterness, came in the times of my worst decisions. Mm. You know, it's like, what am I doing living here? What am I doing going to church? Here? What am I doing? Mm. But through those mm. things, when God says, you know, Doug, pack your stuff up, get out, move. Hop with your family. It's time for you guys to go somewhere else. Grab another ministry. I mean, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. But boy, I fought, fought God. I kicked. Mm. I screamed. I shouted. You can, you can see my fingernails digging into the tile floor uh, as I was leaving the last ministry. But sometimes, uh, brethren, sometimes we can take these negatives. Sometimes we can give this all to God and our weakness. There's an incredible strength that comes through the Holy Spirit that we can't understand. And folks, don't try to understand it. It's God. It's God showing up saying, you know what? I'm not wasting one of these stupid things you went through. Not one. I'm going to use them for my glory. And we find ourselves continuing on with the life of Christ. And I want you to know I'm just like you. I am so thankful we get to serve God. We find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 13, starting in verse number 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So you should wash other people's feet, look for other people, serve other people, walk with other people. Verily, verily, it's like saying, listen, listen up. I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent greater than he that sent him if ye know these things happy are ye if you do them i speak not of you all i know whom i have chosen and that the scripture may be fulfilled he that eateth bread with me have lifted up his heel against me now i tell you before i come that when it was come to pass ye may believe that i am he Verily, verily, he's saying, listen, listen up. I say unto you, he that receiveth whoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And boy, you want to talk about an example? You want to talk about what God's doing here? He's saying, you know, when I send somebody, receive them. And, you know, when I send you, don't worry, you're going to be received by those who are right with me. And, there's, and, and folks, there's some people who are going to fall off. There's some people, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people used to call me once a week and those types of things. Listen, hang on that thought. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Boy, what a lesson for all of us when the Lord says, uh, 
uh, he that is sent is greater than he that has sent him. He that mm. is sent greater. No, let's do the whole verse. It says, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that is sent him. You want to talk about reinforcing the idea that even though Jesus is the Lord and teacher, he's humbled himself to the point where he's serving them, he's washing feet, he's making difference, he's, he's being obedient. And, and then those words, and, and I wrote this down over in verse 17 if ye know these things happy are ye if you do them and 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 you know you want joy you want happiness you're looking for something in your life to give you an edge to put that smile on your face are you looking for a smile when you wake up in the morning are you looking for a smile when you go to bed at night it's found in service to god that that smile is doing those things that god would have you to do he's telling his disciples you want happiness you want fulfillment do my teachings do what I'm telling you. Serve me. Step out. Folks, that's what God is telling us in 2023, Kevin. Do you want happiness? You want to be that person? Do it. Yeah. Get out of the comfort zone where we <clears throat> want to stay on an island and not want to have to uh, reach out to other people that are hurting. Uh, I know when I go through trauma, brother, when I'm in a time of darkness, when I'm in that hallway, I can't see other people. I'm just thinking about me. It hurts so bad. Um but, you know, the Lord says, and where would we be without people reaching out to us? So that's exactly what God is telling us here. He's saying, if I, your Lord Master, wash your feet, you, you know, go wash other people's feet. So if, if God came through in our darkness and helped us, if others came through in our time of trouble and helped us, so much more should we do that for other people. I remember I was thinking while you're talking, Doug, that I was in a dark place. In fact, my hand was moving toward the computer keyboard to click the enter key to send an announcement of resignation from this ministry that I'd been in for going on 30 years by that time, 28 years, something like that. And I was doing that twice. And I was just, I was under attack from someone else and they were calling me everything, but saved, you know, and, and, uh, it was, it went through a time of severe rejection. It was just, it was just unreal, unbearable. And I'm thankful that when we can't bear it, the Lord will bear it. And when it's unreal, I'm glad he's real, but I was getting ready to, to resign and <clears throat> the phone rang both times. And uh, one time it was one of my kids and they're basically saying, why are you going to quit serving God? Because someone else, you know, doesn't think you should. And, uh, you know, and again, there's, we're not talking about immorality or anything, you know, disqualifying factors. We're talking about just, just satanic attack. People you know? stink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, I got talked off the ledge, you know, I just thought, that's an unfair question. I told my kid, that's an unfair question. You can't ask that to your dad. You know, that's changing my mind. I can't, you know, you're pulling reason on me. <laughs> Don't you get logical on me. But uh, the reality is that my child was right. And I thank God for all seven of my kids. Love them to death. They love me to death. But um, the Lord saying, if others have come through in your darkness, then don't be afraid to be the one that steps into their situation. You don't need to step in and even say anything. A lot of times you're just stepping in and just observing and listening. And then with that listening comes the right that you've earned 
to speak what? A word in season to him that is weary. And that's what people need. And so the Lord's saying, if he's done that for us and he sent other people into our lives to to do that for us in our time of trauma, let's go ahead and step into someone else's life as a listening ear, earning the right to speak a word in season to them that are weary. And what we'll find out is many times they'll they'll go ahead and get their feet washed. They'll say, you know what, the junk I was thinking of doing or the junk I was involved in, I'm going to go ahead and repent of that or I'm going to go ahead and change my mind. I'm going to get this thing washed. I'm going to go ahead and put it under the water of the world. Word, going to come back from my time of doubt and darkness and serve God again. Mm, that's good stuff. And you know what, folks? I think many of us have have stood there and we've been at this precipice of pushing sand. Or we've written letters. I, I'm thankful for letters I've never sent. I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful for emails. Hey, I, I have stuff. I started deleting stuff. You know, you have this draft file in my mm. outbox here <laughs> in my email. And I opened up the draft file. I had stuff there from seven and 10 years ago, yeah. resigning, moving. Uh, do, I'm so glad. Mm. I, I'm so glad that God <laughs> said, just cut it out. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, Times get hard, folks. I don't I don't want to minimize anything Kevin or I or any of you have been through. To the contrary, I want to say, hey, the world is hard. People stink. And uh, I, I just want to be upfront with you about that. But then I, you need to caveat that, and you need to say, God is God. He's king. Let him be God. Let him reign. Let him do the things he's going to do. Uh, be an example for him. Step out for him. When it hurts, do the next thing. It's like going to work. You may not want to go to work this morning, but you have to. You get in your car and you go to work. When it comes to God, do the next thing. And, you know, here's God. He's talking in the Lord. He, he, he gets up there and he acknowledges that all his disciples are not going to remain faithful and there's going to be betrayal. Mm-hmm. And folks, can I tell you something? You're going to be hanging out with people who are not going to be faithful. You're going to be hanging out with people who are going to betray you. You're going to be dealing with all of that. But listen, it, it, that doesn't matter. They're going to be there. People stink. Uh, I'm telling you, you know, there are, there are people out there that are going to hurt you. Here's the great news, a bunch of good. I, I live by the 50-50 rule. I always tell all our missionaries and everything, 50% of the rule stinks, of the world stinks. <laughs> but the other 50% are great. And, and mm. I want you to know something, folks. God is great. So what Kevin and I want to tell you, I'm going to give Kevin a minute here before we close, but I want you to know, receive the people that God sends out there to teach you. Receive the teaching. Learn follow. If you're around hypocrites and nincompoops and, and anything you want to say, get away, Kevin. That's mm-hmm. the, the point is we keep going. Do the next thing. Yeah. Peter's whole failure in this thing was a, 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 a lack of understanding that he needed, like you said, to receive help from other people. And that ultimately, he, that, that killed him. But even so, you know, he, he, he said, I'll never deny you. Well, he went and denied the Lord. And even so, he came back. And he, though he was good at failing, he was good at repenting. And he came back, and God used him greater than ever, exponentially greater than ever. So our, our failure oftentimes is is a failure to recognize that God is sending help our way. And so, you know, if, if someone's trying to hand us a fistful of money and we're like, no, 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 that pride that says, I don't need this, far be it, far be it that I would accept something like that, man, just hang that. Let's not be that way. I mean, and I've done it. I've, I've been like, oh, no, brother, I don't need to do that. I don't. 
I don't want to do that anymore, Brother Doug. I want to. I heard a man say that he, this is a pastor in Arkansas years ago. He said, "quote I'm good at receiving." Close quote. And I thought, you know what? Is it okay to be good at receiving? Yes. He is a gracious receiver, smiling and saying, "Yes." I remember a missionary years ago missionary of the military down in Biloxi, Mississippi years ago said uh, to a pastor, pastor said, how'd you like a new laptop? He said, man, I'd love that. I just remember when he said that, I thought, you know what, what a humble way he said that, man, I'd love that. And, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, brother, you don't need to do that. Oh, no. You know, you kind of talk the guy out of it. And then sure enough, he says, you know, he says, okay, good. I'll keep it and give it to someone else. And then we're like, oh, I wish I said. So just say, man, I'd love that. Man, thank you. Thank you. Being gracious. Be gracious. Oft times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, <laughs> to murmur in despair. But Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away, all tears forever over, and God's eternal day. It will be worth it all, friends. Hang in there. It's going to be worth it all. It's worth it all now. Serve God. Be that example. Oh, goodness, do the next thing. Wake up, slap some water in the face, read your Bible today. You know, Wednesday is Bible Day. Make sure you read it today. We sure do love you. Come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about doubt. And, boy, how doubt can creep in and mess us up. May God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks again for tuning us in. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.